Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Our Lady Queen of Peace House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. You can find today's show notes for Sharing Christian Faith Podcast Episode 15 at evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. And now, here's Father David. Welcome to everyone. Uh, May this time of the spring and Easter, as we head to the great gift of Pentecost and the life and the spirit, be with you all. I hope you all are uh, living your daily life out in peace of mind and heart. So I want to talk about uh, practical ways for sharing our faith. There are a number of ways to do evangelization. One could participate in a program for preparing individuals to practice evangelization, such as Christ Life or Alpha or Christ Renews His Parish. Uh, Well, it is a program. It is also possible to go through a training program in order to do street evangelization, or what I, that's a, a word for personal evangelization. It's not going out on the street necessarily. So we call it a, a, a one-on-one personal evangelization, which is high point, it's, it's relational. And it's a personal sharing, my faith experience uh, for the upbuilding of another. Even some of the current ministries of healing focus on doing evangelization. However, this presentation is, is concerned with doing evangelization using the method of personal face sharing in small groups. Personal face sharing in small groups, which can also be applied to personal relation, relationship-based evangelization. Therefore, we need to know what specific content of our personal witness and the method that we use when we are sharing. What is the content of what we're sharing? For example, several years ago, two pilots were flying a commercial plane from somewhere on the East Coast to the Minneapolis airport. They flew 150 miles past the airport, and were immediately fired. How did this happen? The newspaper reported after the inquiry that they were joking with one another and messing with their personal computers, and they missed the vector. The vector, a signal that comes from the airport of destination to the plane that guides the plane to the right airport. When we do evangelization or faith sharing in small groups, we need to know what approach we use 
and what content we should share and how much we should share in order to make this opportunity effective and fruitful for the recipient for whom one is giving their personal witness. From the viewpoint of sharing one's faith in a small group, it's important to understand that if we're going to share our personal faith, we need to personally experience what we believe. We may and live it and understand what we are about to share. We have to have a knowable personal relationship with Jesus and a communication and conversation and communion with the Lord that enables us to know through the discerning of the Spirit what it is we share, how much we share, what is going to really build up another person's life. It is also important to be attentive to where the others in the group are coming from. Very important. Our first consideration is to try and make sure that we have a balanced understanding of the model of the church within which we approach the sharing of the good news of the gospel. In reflecting on this matter in my own life, I did a little study of the models of the church, a book written by Cardinal Avery Dulles, a well-known Jesuit theologian who died several years ago. I specifically consulted a summary of these models of the church written by Chris Castaldo in regard to the expanded edition written in 2002. This section of the recording may be a little heavy, so listening to this part several times may be a good idea. Since we are currently moving in the church from the position of seeing evangelization as only giving good example to doing various forms of faith sharing and personally witnessing to the resurrection of Jesus. We need to consider the various models of viewing the church to understand where other people are coming from and what they focus on as well as ourselves. Some are more conducive to personal evangelization and faith sharing than others some models of the church. So let's go over them briefly. The first model, the church's institution, defines the church primarily in terms of its visible structures, especially the rights and powers of its officers. It is called a hierarchical form of church government and emphasizes its nature as a visible and palpable community. As instruments of God's sacraments, the priesthood opens and shuts the values of divine grace and is rooted in the apostolic life passed down by Christ's disciples. The strength of this institution, this institutional model, is in its public, visible manifestations of solidarity. It presents a tangible communion of faith. The weakness of this model is that it may become rigid, doctrinaire, overemphasized doctrines, and conformist, fall into what everybody should do. And Cardinal Dulles explains that this model must never, never, never be primarily, primarily, 
primarily because of its nature, because structures are always subordinate to persons in life. The second model, and then I'm going to offer a reflection on those two models briefly. The church's sacrament. This model brings others closer together, retaining structure while also promoting dynamic spiritual life. Accordingly, the church's sacrament is a sign and a transmitter of God's grace to the members of the church and to the world. As an embodiment of the grace that it signifies, the church exists as the presence of God to the church members and to the world and to the nations. Another important element of this model highlights and affirms that the sacraments are communal realities and not individual transactions alone. Nobody baptizes, absolves, or anoints himself. It's unthinkable for the Eucharist to be celebrated in solitude. The reality of grace responds to human nature and is relational. Man comes into the world as a member of a family, a race, a people. He comes to maturity through an encounter and interaction with others. Sacraments, therefore, have a relational nature. They take place in mutual interaction that invites the people to achieve a spiritual breakthrough that they could not achieve in isolation. A sacrament, therefore, is a socially constituted or communal symbol of the presence of grace coming to fulfillment. This is the strength of this model, this church's sacrament. The weakness is that it has little warranty in Scripture and in the early tradition of the church and can sometimes lead to a sterile practice and almost isolated, uh, oh, self-centered, uh, unhealthy form of contemplation by a few. Now, the combination of the church's institution and sacrament, brothers and sisters, guess what? That's the model that most of us Catholics have experienced from little to this day. It's still very prevalent and is primary in most uh, Catholic pastoral structures and, com and communities, and it's the high priority for many of the pastors that uh, emphasize leadership in the life of the church. Now, this is not necessarily all a bad thing, but it is basically when it's simply that's the focus, it's deficient because there's other three models of the church in order to complement the balance of all five models in a dynamic communal experience of God as grace and our, our, our life with one another and the graces that we receive to become the saints, the holy people that God wants us to be. Now let's look at the third model. And this is the church as mystical communion. According to this model, the church consists of faithful men and women who are bound together 
by their participation in God's Spirit through the living, glorified Christ Jesus. The nature of this unity is not institutional, but, quote, spirit-filled, unquote. Spirit-filled, communal and personal. The goal in this model is a spiritual or supernatural one, supernatural one. The church aims to lead its members into communion with the divine. It is a communion of persons, primarily interior, but also expressed by external bonds of creed, that is belief, what we believe, worship, how we worship, rites, and ecclesiastical fellowship, fellowship group. The bond of unity in this model consists of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the seven gifts for sanctification that we receive in baptism, and the spiritual gifts of wisdom, healing, understanding, knowledge, word of knowledge, is, uh, the discernment of spirits, discernment, all these other gifts as well, and they are expressed through the external bonds. These are also important. So not just the gifts for sanctification, but the spiritual gifts for building up the body of Christ. This is the church as mystical communion. Now that's the third model. Now let's look at the fourth, because here we are dealing with primarily the notion of proclaiming or evangelization. The herald model uh, related to proclamation. The church's herald. The herald model differs from the others in that it makes the word, the word of God, primary and the sacrament secondary. It sees the church as gathered and formed by the word of God, the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. The mission of the church is to proclaim that which is, as it has heard, believed, and been commissioned to proclaim. That's evangelization. This model looks upon the church as a herald, one who received an official message with the commission to pass it on. The heart of this model of the church is the activity of calling its members, this is important, the activity of calling its members to renewal and reform. The strength of this model is its emphasis on the message of the gospel and the pursuit of the Great Commission, which is evangelization. Its weakness is that it can often be devoid of, oh, they, they call it incarnational, which means practical, uh, life-giving service, human works of mercy, mercy work. This can result in appearing merely as ideas without tangible reality. This is especially obvious when it focuses too exclusively on witnessing to uh, the things of the gospel and the word of God and the neglect of practical action of love and mercy. It may become too, reluct may become too reluctant to give human effort to establish a better human society in this life. It's too narrow, and it isn't, the proclamation doesn't emerge into uh, service of one's brothers and sisters in the areas of mercy. 
The fifth model, I know this is rather, uh, I would say, hard stuff to handle, and I think takes a, a while to think about these. The fifth model is the church's servant. Servant. The servant model asserts that the church should consider itself a part of the total human family, sharing the same concerns as the rest of men, caring for the poor, what's going on in society, helping to do things, using our gifts and talents for the development of the better of human beingness in society. Following in the footsteps of Jesus our Lord, the suffering servant is the church as servant. We see this epitomized in chapter 13 of John's Gospel, Jesus washing the feet of his uh, disciples. The church announces the coming of the kingdom, not only in word through preaching and proclamation, but more particularly in work, in her ministry of reconciliation, of binding up wounds, of suffering service, or of healing. The Lord was the man for others, and so must the church be the community for others. The weakness of the servant model is that it can get so caught up in this worldly activity that it would compromise the biblical deposit of faith which Christians are called to guard and proclaim. I recall a sister who was preparing about 20 young, enthusiastic college girls for a mission trip. After a great deal of training, she said to them, now we must look at the Christian motivation behind all this. And they said, why do we need to do that? What do we need, what do we need to do that for? which is they were looking at a pure humanistic service and they weren't considering that this was flowing out of the revelation of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the Christian belief and motivation of bringing others to eternal life and to salvation as well as working to care for the poor and the suffering and the downtrodden. Okay, that was pretty tough, I know. Let's look at the integration of the models. Each model offers insights and positive contributions to our understanding of the church. When the most genuinely biblical qualities are preserved from each model and integrated together, we realize a more balanced vision of the church. Each of the five models brings out certain and important qualities. The institutional model makes it clear that the church must be a structured community. It must remain the kind of community Christ founded. Such a community would have to include a pastoral office equipped with authority to preside over the worship of the community as, as such to prescribe the limits of tolerable dissent and to, re to represent the community in an official way within the world. The mystical community model is evident that the church must be united to God by grace and that in the strength of that grace, its members must be lovingly united to one another. The sacramental model brings home the idea 
that the church in its most visible aspects, especially in its community prayer and worship, be a sign of the continuing vitality of the grace of Jesus Christ and for the hope of the redemption that he promises in regard to salvation. The proclaiming model points out that the necessity for the church to continue to herald the gospel, to proclaim, and to move men to put their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. The servant model points up the urgency of making the church contribute to the transformation to the good of the secular life of man and of impregnating human society as a whole with the values of the kingdom of God. The sacramental model is the most comprehensive because of its ease in integrating the best elements in the other four. The goal here is to experience a balancing integration of all five models in order that various groups, big and small, and individuals, that these various groups become communities of disciples of Jesus, inspired with a missionary spirit. Let me repeat that. That's important. The goal here is to experience a balancing integration of all five models in order that various groups, big and small, become communities of disciples of Jesus, inspired with a missionary spirit. To give an example of uh, evangelization and maybe not necessarily reading where the other person is coming from, I have a little test here, a little example. A number of years ago, I participated in an evangelization training program. After three days of class and group discussions, the members of the program were divided up into units of two. We were sent to a local mall and moved in different directions. It was directed by the leaders that we should respectfully approach individuals and attempt to share our personal faith with them, hoping that we learned some things that they taught us in our session, like how to be sensitive, how to approach things, ask people's permission, get a sense of where they're coming from, let them share first where they're at, those kind of things. I have to admit that I was feeling a bit nervous and hesitant and rather a bit insecure. I was with an older woman who had an outgoing personality. We both entered the section of the mall where there were seats for people to sit around. On one bench, there was an older man sitting by himself. And in a moment, the well-intentioned woman went over to him and sat down beside him. She introduced herself and then launched into a series of questions about his faith. These questions were aimed at his specific denomination and his attendance and participation at church. I could sense that he was not a happy camper at all. He became a little nonplussed. And after a few moments, he turned to her and said, Lady, I don't know you, and you don't know me. And let's just leave it at that. Now, what model of the church was my 
colleague, very well-intentioned, coming from her good intention, was a tip, uh, what was she sharing? What was her concentration? Her concentration was on the institution and church going. She didn't even at all move into the area of finding out if he even wanted her to share with him. And you, and, and you can see that when we are, are sharing our faith or when, when we look at the models of the church, if we don't have a, ba- a balanced, uh, inter, inter, uh, mature intercession uh, um, experience of the, of the five models and that we know how to discern and move freely back and forth and we know how to discern the other person in sharing about the life of the church, we can see what kind of things can happen. So let us then reflect on our own understanding of what is the model and vision of the church that we may love and participate in. What areas do we need to change and balance and what kind of personal training and growth and knowledge do I need to have to really be an effective member of the church that is being reformed and spiritually renewed, basing the primarity on the supernatural elements of the church, its visible expression, its relational needs, and its care and love for the world. May we pray. Father, we thank you for the life of the church. We thank you for brothers and sisters who live in Christian relationships of love and service. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in the relationships of the church. We thank you for the ways of worship, the rites. We thank you for the ministries of healing and transformation. We thank you for the teaching of the word, the gospel, and we thank you for the courage and the love, the flame of love that you place in our hearts where we want to serve others and be servants of Jesus and in Jesus to serve our brothers and sisters who are poor and need care. So we ask you in these days, as we open our hearts to personally be filled with your love of the church and your love of the word and your love of the spirit and your love of what we need to do and our gifts and talents and how to serve, Help me to see how I can move forward in the progress of maturing in being a faithful, spirit-filled, love-filled, caring member of the community of the disciples that Cardinal, Cardinal Dulles talks about. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavidjt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.